Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. Listen to what your Bible said in Ecclesiastes 1, verse number 9. The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. He goes on to say in verse number 10, Is there anything whereof it may be said, See, this is new. It hath been already of old time, which was before us. You know simply what that verse is saying. Here's what that verse is saying. There's nothing new under the sun. Nothing at all new underneath the sun. What has been has always been. What's going to be has always been. I've heard preachers say this before. I'm going to give you something tonight that's never been preached on. Well, you know what? That's contradictory to the Word of God because the Bible said what is has always been and there's nothing new underneath the sun. So here's what I want to talk to you tonight, refocusing on Satan's attack against the church. Refocusing on Satan's attack against the church. Father, we love you tonight. I pray over the next few minutes, God, that you'd lead us and guide us, Father. I pray, God, that you'd help us to recall the things that we've studied. And God, I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to bring glory and honor to your name and everything that we say and do tonight. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen and amen. When we think about this tonight, you may say, well, preacher, how in the world uh, are you getting a, a satanic attack on our church out of these verses? Here's what I want to see tonight. The Bible said that there was nothing new under the sun, that it's already been and it always has been. So as we begin to think about um, our nation tonight, when we begin to think about the world tonight, not just America tonight, but when we begin to think about the world tonight, I believe that we can all say that there is an attack on Christianity and there is an attack on the church tonight. Think about this statement tonight. One nation under God. One nation under God. You know, that's what our forefathers founded America on tonight. They founded America on one nation under God. Think about this statement tonight. In God we trust. In God we trust. Can I say something to you tonight? That's two statements uh, that in the past few years has been underneath so much attack in our country today. I want to say to you tonight, in attacking a nation under God and in attacking, in attacking in God we trust, they are in turn attacking our freedoms our Christian liberties today, and in turn they are attacking our churches today. I thought about this. Um, we don't study the Bible to know only what Satan has done in the past. We study the Bible to be prepared for what Satan will do and is doing in our present and will do in our future. If there's nothing new under the sun and there's not anything new under the sun according to the Bible, then the attack by Satan 
on our churches today is something that has been ongoing for years and years and decades and centuries um, in the past. The attack on the church today. Um, I thought about this. Uh, many of those who are destroying our churches and fellow Christians today are not merely new actors they are just people playing the same roles of days gone by. When you think about the church, and a lot of this come directly out of the book Satan's Toolbox that I've told you I've been reading this month. And when you study the attack on the church today and you study the Word of God, it has been going on for uh, well ever since the church at Antioch. I don't believe that's where the church started. Uh, something different with me on that. I believe it started with Christ. That's where the church started at. And here's the thing. It's not necessarily an attack on you personally. You know what, I've met people before and man, they talked to me and didn't know who I was or what I was and they talked to me and been as kind as they could. But as soon as they found out that I was a Christian or as soon as they found out that I was a preacher of God's Word, man, you know what, they completely changed, Brother Aaron. Their whole attitude change towards me. It wasn't necessarily an attitude towards me. Hear me and hear me well. It was an attitude towards God. It's not that society has a problem with you. It's that society has a problem with God today. If society has a problem with God today and our Christian beliefs, our religious freedoms are under attack greater than they've ever been in our nation today. I want to ask you a question. If you want to argue that statement with me, let me ask you a question. Did you ever believe in our generation that we would have to bring a lawsuit against a governor to be able to legally still sit inside of our churches? But we did last year. We did last year. You said, well, he was just trying to... No, he was trying to overreach his power is all he was doing. And it was an attack against the church. It was an attack against the church. So if there's nothing new under the sun, then evidently Satan has been attacking the church for years. Let me tell you the reason Satan hates the church. Because Jesus died for the church and Jesus loves the church. You know what? Satan knows. Satan knows that he cannot get the upper hand on God. Satan knows that he cannot get the upper hand on Jesus. He attempted to do that and lost at that. So you know what Satan does? He attempts to attack the bride of Christ. Can I say it this way? There's sometimes, and I've seen this happen uh, in 15 years of pastoring, that people will come against me and they don't get nowhere. And you know what they do, Brother Aaron? They begin to attack my wife or my children. You know what Satan does? He knows that he can do nothing with Christ. So he attacks the bride of Christ. He comes after the bride of Christ. And if Satan has been doing this for thousands of years, then don't you think we can see some kind of pattern and watch ourselves? Let me show you three things tonight. Number one, Satan's attack against the church. Number one tonight, and, 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 and can I just say this, in not in closing, <laughs> but can I just say this? I was thinking in my mind, I need to save that for closing, but I'm going to say it now because Brother Ramsey, if I don't say it now, I'll forget it at closing. 
And I say this to you tonight. Here's what the Bible said. Upon this rock will I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He may attempt to come against the church, but he'll never successfully succeed against the church. Number one tonight, Satan attacks external. Satan's external attack. Watch this. One reason Satan hates the church is because Christ gave himself for the church. In Christ's day, the Sadducees were a political as well as a religious group who stirred up the people against the work of the apostles. He stirred up the people against the work of apostles. Let me read you some verses. Acts chapter number 5, verse number 17 says this. Then the high priest rose up and all they that were with him, which in the sect of which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation, and laid their hands on the apostles, and put them in calm in the common prison. Why were the Sadducees? Why was the Sadducees so upset with the apostles? They were so upset with them, they laid their hands on them and they put them in prison. Listen to what the Bible said in Acts chapter 5, verse number 40. The Bible says this, and to him, and to him they agreed, and when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus. It's okay to pray, but not to pray in Jesus' name. Have you ever heard that? Have you ever heard that? I remember years ago, I, it's been, I don't know, it's been probably 12, 13, 14 years ago when all of that really started circulating. You cannot pray in the name of Jesus. You can't pray and say in Jesus' name at a county commissioner's meeting. And we still do in Surrey County, but a lot of these was going through that. And I'll never forget, uh, WXI interviewed Graham Atkinson on that, and he was the sheriff at that time. And here's what he said. He said, as long as I am the sheriff, we will pray in Jesus' name at our get-togethers. That's what we'll do. But you see what I'm saying? In that day, they said, don't speak in the name of Jesus. That was an external attack against the church. What we're facing today and what we're seeing today, church, is not something that's new. There's nothing new under the sun. There is the external attack. Here's what the Bible said. The Bible said this, that if they wouldn't speak in the name of Jesus, they'd let them go. And here's what the Bible went on to say. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. They rejoiced because they was thrown in prison for the name of Christ. I thought about this. You remember the story in Acts chapter number 7. In Acts chapter number 7, there was a man by the name of Stephen. And um, um, Stephen, every time I say Stephen, I think of Stephen that they used to bring to church on the van. Y'all remember Stephen and Henry? Does anybody remember Stephen and Henry? And I, remember, I know this is a rabbit. I'm going to chase it. And then I'll give, I got my note right there where I was at, and I'll come back to it. I remember Brother Brian one day we was having a work day, and, and, and all of a sudden, do you remember this, Brother? I heard like that. And I thought, what in the world? And Brother Charles, they was up there in the cemetery and Stephen had got a chair and cracked Henry over the head with that chair. And I said, what are y'all doing? They said, we're wrestling like they do on TV. I said, no, not here because our insurance isn't covered. But Stephen, a different Stephen, Stephen in the Bible, 
Stephen was the first martyr in Acts chapter number 7. You remember the story? They got so mad at him for talking about the Lord that they gnashed on him with their teeth. And they ended up stoning him to death. And they laid his garments at the feet of a man by the name of Saul. Chapter number 9 rolls around and that same man takes off on the road to Damascus, and on the road to Damascus, you remember what happens, don't you? There was a great light shining down out of heaven, and Saul got saved that day. But you know the reason he was going to Damascus was to persecute the Christian. He was going to hunt the Christian down and kill them for having church in Jesus' name. But there was a great light shine down out of heaven, and he got saved, and his name was changed to what? Paul, the apostle of Paul that writes probably over half of the New Testament to us today that he ends up dying for what he believes in. So this external attack against the church today, it's not something new. It's always been and it always will be. Number one, there's Satan's external attack on the church. Number two, there's Satan's internal attack attack on the church. Satan's internal attack on the church. Dr. Howe said this, wherever good is, evil will be present. Wherever good is, evil will be present. How many times have I made this statement in 15 years? No church ever crumbled from without. It always crumbles from within. And here's the thing. If Satan knows that he cannot get to us with an external attack, you know what he's going to do? He's going to come internal. You know what he's going to do? He's going to begin to walk up and down the pews and he's going to find somebody that he can plant a little bit of seed of doubt or a little bit of seed of bitterness or a little bit of seed of jealousy in their mind is everybody hearing the preacher now if you was going to say man you had your chance because I'm sure you're probably not going to over the next few minutes there's an internal attack in the church an internal attack in the church my daddy told me this years ago he said an idle mind is the devil's workshop an idle mind is that I try to keep my mind going all the time when I'm in my office studying, I keep music playing. I keep classical music playing in the background. And, and when I'm riding up the road, there's, there's hardly ever a time, there's hardly ever a time that I don't have music or preaching playing on the radio. Very few times I just sit in complete silence. And you say, well, you're crazy. Well, I may be, but when I get in complete silence, my mind begins to wander because my mind gets out. I'm going to tell you something. You better pump the right things into your mind because what you're pumping into your mind will eventually come out in your actions. Amen. I try to pump preaching in my mind all the time. 
if I, and especially if I'm by myself. I tried to put preaching. Man, I listened to Dr. Ed Maccabee yesterday. I, I, was, I was going up the road and I about run off from Brother Ted's yard up there. And uh, if y'all have ever seen his yard, man, it, it it's like a piece of turf. And Brother Will, I put, about put that 70, 7160 John Deere off in his yard yesterday because I was listening to Brother Ed Maccabee preaching it. Man, I just got carried away with him preaching. Boy, I sure am glad I didn't. Brother Ted probably got mad and never come back to church, but maybe he wouldn't have. But what you pump in your mind is what's going to come out in your actions. And hear me tonight, church. It's so important that when you're away from the church, you're putting the right things in your mind. Now, here's some things I'm not going to put in my mind. I am not going to put in my mind you bad-mouthing another member at this church. It's not going in my mind. You say, if I tell you it'll go in your mind, I won't listen to you. You say, preacher, now you will try me. Try me. You say, well, I got a legit complaint. You know what my first, you know what my first reaction is going to be? Before you say another word, Brother Brian, before you say another word, before you say another word about Brother Gavin, I'm going to get Brother Gavin. My office was right here at one time. Let me see. Where's that? Where was it? It was, it was right here. And I was sitting about right here one Sunday morning, and my door flew open. And, and it was the church office. My office. It was everybody's office. The door flew open, and there was a woman come tearing in it. I got a problem with such and such. And I said, well, you do. And they said, yeah. I said, all righty then. Well, Brother Aaron, before I could say anything else, they just, they just flew loose. And I said, whoa. And they kept talking. I just opened the door and walked out. And they said, where are you going? I said, I'll be back in just a minute. I went and got that woman that she had a problem with and brought that woman in there. And I said, I tell you what, ladies, evidently y'all got a problem with each other. Y'all grown women, y'all both are a whole lot older than I am. Y'all just take care of it. Y'all can use my office. And I walked out. One's here and one's not. You said, Rich, what are you saying? That is an internal attack on the church. You said, well, I don't agree with this. And I, just hold on. I don't agree with myself half the time. I don't agree with myself half the time. And I guarantee you I don't agree with you on everything. If we sit down long enough and talk, there's going to be some things that we differ on. But hear me and hear me well. We're not going to differ, if you're right, on this King James Bible right there and that pink slip that fell out. It's not a ticket. It was an order of arrangement for a funeral yesterday. Some of y'all would have said the preacher got a ticket. <laughs> We can't disagree on the doctrines of this book right here. There are some preferences that we may disagree on, but we can't disagree on these doctrines and walk together in unity. Everybody hearing the preacher tonight, we can't disagree that this is the infallible, inspired, inerrant Word of God in the King James Bible tonight. Yeah? Don't you die right there. It's the infallible, inspired, inerrant, correct word of God today for English-speaking people. 
And the devil will use that internal attack on us. Uh, time will not permit us, but we can walk throughout the Bible and see the application all throughout the Bible. All throughout the Bible. You remember Korah? And I, I understand it was before the church of the New Testament, but there's the application that can be made there. You remember Korah turned against the man of God and took a group of them and went out against the man of God? And you remember what happened, don't you? The center of the earth opened up and they fell off into hell. That's exactly what happened when you study it out. Let me tell you what it was. There was an internal attack on the church. An internal attack. You said, preacher, how does the devil rage an internal attack? There's several ways. I said this, you'll make you mad about something. The preacher will preach on something and you'll start down the road. And the devil will say this, he pointed you out today. He pointed you out today. I've always said this. It probably wasn't the preacher pointing you out. It's probably the Holy Ghost. Amen. He'll, he'll use anger. He'll, use, he'll, he'll sow seeds of doubt in your mind. Watch this. He'll use young people. He'll use young people to get upset over things. And then you know what they do? They run to mommy and daddy. You know what mom and daddy does? Mom and daddy hears one side of a story and then blows up matter in a bull. Then before you know it, you got an internal attack of Satan in your church. You'll have an idea to do something and it won't get done your way and you know what you do? You'll blow up. You'll blow up. Who matters? Why does it matter if it got done your way or my way as long as it got done? You know what? If I was to go out there and run Discovery Bible Club tonight, brother kid, brother kid, brother Heath took care of the kids out there tonight along with the other workers, but he does the activities. He gets them all going on, on Wednesday nights. And you know what? If I was to go out there and do it, I guarantee you I would do it different than him. I would do it different. There's some things that uh, they sometimes Brother Aaron sprays, and I watch and I thought, if he'd spray it this way. But you know what, Brother Brian, it got sprayed. You know what, Brother Robert, the kids made it to class. Did they make it to class, Brother Heath? The kids made it to class tonight. If I was to come in your Sunday school class and sit down and watch you teach, I guarantee you I'd probably do things a little bit different. If you pastored the church, you would probably do things a little bit different. But you know what's happening? The church is getting pastored. The Sunday school classes are getting taught. So who cares if it went exactly your way or not? As long as it got done, that's what matters. And the devil... I'm trying to teach this night, and I feel like just bogging in and preaching. The devil will get in your mind and stir around in your mind, and before you know it, you're mad at two or three in the church, and before you know it, some teenage girl, I've never had Amon cause a problem in the teenage boys in the youth group. I've never, is everybody all right? I got two teenage girls sitting here, okay? I've never had, Brother Tim, I don't reckon we've ever, you and Miss Vicky's worked with the youth longer than anybody here besides me. I don't reckon we've ever had a problem with the teenage boys. 
They'll get a little frustrated with each other every once in a while. They'll wrestle and throw a punch or two, and then we go on down the road, and it's all fine. But you let a group of teenage girls get together. Now, you might as well holler, Amen. Come on, Miss Vicky, help me now. And you let Olivia, somebody eat three of her carrots at the cabin that she didn't give permission to. And then she's went off downstairs and got with two or three other teenage girls. And before you know it, And let me tell you what's happened. The devil has used an internal attack against the church. They go home. Then God help us all when Sheila gets in the middle of it. I mean, look at poor old Ray back there. His arm all cast up. I'm saying that picking because I know I can pick with them and them not get mad at me and launch an internal attack against me. I hope I can at least. Is that not what Satan does though, church? Is that not what he does? You'll see a group off eating somewhere. You'll go, they ain't never invited me to go eat anywhere. I don't guess they like me. I don't guess they care about me. Uh, you know what? These people go to eat every Sunday night, I'm sure, after church. And you know what I do? I go to the house and eat at the house. If I wanted to go somewhere with somebody, I'd follow them where they was going. I'd walk up in there and say, hey, I'm going to eat with y'all tonight. And tell you what you need to do. I'm just being real with you. I'm talking about an internal attack. You need to get your feelings off of here. Oh, but preacher, it just didn't go my way. Well, so what? There's a lot of things don't go my way. But I'm not just going to walk away. Let me tell you what happens. And I'm going to give you one more thing and we're going to be done. Let me tell you what happens. Here's what happens. When Satan launches an internal attack against the church, division starts in the church. And you'll blow up and pout a little bit a time or two and not go to this or not go to that because you're blown up pouting. You know what Josh Jenkins did one time? He walked in the pulpit with a, with a bag of pacifiers. <laughs> he said, I had not got that much gumption yet and I've been here 15 years. That might be the reason he wasn't there but about a year and a half. But anyway, <laughs> said, this is what a bunch of y'all need. I've wanted to a time or two. You know what happens? That internal attack starts and then somebody walks in and sits down on the church pew that's lost and on the road to hell. And the Holy Ghost is grieved because of your silly, childish actions. And people leave the church house lost because the church has grieved the Spirit of God. There's an external attack then there's the internal attack. And I want to say this to you tonight, church. Nobody from out there will ever destroy our church. It'll be the people sitting in these four walls. 
that ends up. I've never had to. I've never had to work through a problem with somebody out there. I mean, there's been a time or two that 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 Brother Charles has got wound up giving out tracts and had them all over the county and got run off and 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 I've got a phone call or two and I said, praise God. He asked me the other day about it. I said, go back at it. Pass them out. Do they tell you to leave? Praise God. But no major attack on our church has ever come from outside. It's always been right here. Leslie and I, last night was going up the road and was talking about an individual in a good way. Was talking about how good of a person they was and how good of a family they was. But they got messed up with another family that launched an internal attack on our church and took about 20 or 25 out of our church several years ago. Miss Leslie said this. She said, I sure hate that they got messed up in that. Internal attacks. There's nothing new underneath the sun. We know that's what he does. There's an external attack. There's an internal attack. But I want to show you this and I'm done. There is the responding to the attack. There's the responding to it. What we must understand is that the world doesn't necessarily hate us. They hate Christ. And when we respond to that attack, we must respond the right way. Listen to what Dr. Tom Malone once said. The average Christian is not a soldier. He doesn't have on any armor. He is not really engaged in a spiritual struggle. He is not fighting anything, not really standing for anything. If we don't stand for something, we're apt to die for nothing. He goes on to say this. These are not ordinary days. Our enemy is not an ordinary foe. Just ordinary human weapons will never win the victory. We have the same powerful weapons and the same mighty God today that Moses had when he won the victory from the whole Egyptian nation. David slew Goliath with a slingshot and a smooth pebble from the brook. But God's power was in it all. I'd rather have a slingshot and God than a mighty sword of Goliath and have to depend on the power of the flesh. You know what Dr. Malone was saying? Here's what he was saying. We have the power of God on our side. And with Him, nothing shall be impossible. What did he say? Greater is He that is in me than he that is in this world. So how do we respond to this attack? Listen to what your Bible said in Matthew chapter number 4. I'm right now done. Matthew chapter number 4. You know the story. It's the temptation of Christ. And Satan comes against him. Um, that, that attack come after a, a big victory for Christ, after a fasting time. That, that's when Satan will hit us the hardest. It's when he'll hit us the hardest. And, and Satan comes to him. He had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. In verse number 3, he says this, and when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. 
Why did he tempt him with that? He tempted him with that because he had just fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And honey, I promise you, if you hadn't eaten 40 days and 40 nights, bread would look real good. And here's what he says. But he answered and said, It is written. It is written. Verse number 6. If thou be the Son of God... Cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give His angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. Jesus said unto him, Watch this, it is written. Verse number 9. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto them, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written. All three times you see the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life in those three statements. One of those statements represents each one of those things. It's the exact same thing that Satan used in the Garden of Eden. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Let me tell you the reason you get mad when things ain't done the way you think they should be done and when you think they should be done because of the pride of life. It wasn't about you to begin with. I mean, it wasn't about what you was trying to do to begin with. It was about you. I'm trying to get done if y'all help me. It was about you. If you get upset because somebody else done it, if you get upset because it was done a different way, you weren't doing it for the right reason to begin with. It was all about you. And he used the pride of life to launch an internal attack on the church. Those three things is lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. And watch how Jesus responds to it. It is written. If you'll go back and you'll look those statements up, you'll find out that in the book of Lamentations, you'll find them. He quotes the Word of God to Satan. So you know what we must do? Come start playing, Madeline, if you will. You know what we must do? When Satan is attacking us, we must go to this word. What did he say in Revelation chapter 12, verse number 11? And they overcame him by what? The blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb. You want me to tell you the way that we're going to overcome Satan tonight? It's through the blood of the Lamb. You want me to tell you the reason that Christ overcomes Satan? It's through the blood of the Lamb. Satan cannot handle blood of Christ. He can't handle it. It's what defeated him. I remember years ago. I remember years ago, we was in Jamaica. We was on a missions trip in Jamaica. And um, I, I don't know, there's about probably 35 or 40 teenagers there and probably 10 or 12 adults from Turner's Creek. And um, they, we got there and we was doing a vacation Bible school. A little day camp really is what it was more than anything for the kids in that area. And, and it wasn't in Montego Bay. We flew into Montego Bay and it was beautiful. But just, Brother Ramsey, 10 minutes outside of Montego Bay, it's pitiful. I, I'm telling you, it's pitiful. There's homeless people everywhere. True, literal cardboard houses. And there was this one old house that was abandoned. And there was a man lived in it and they called him Madman Binky. Madman Binky. And I, remember, I was probably, I don't know, 13, 14, 15 years old. 
And, and of course, when you're the pastor's son, you got to go with the pastor. And it took everybody. And the missionary places, everybody else didn't get to go. So that missionary was riding us around. He was showing us where we was going to have the camp at and everything. And he said, now right here, I mean, it was, it was right across from where we was having camp. He said, this is where Mad Mac Binky lives. And he said, they can't nobody do nothing with him. He said, they've tried to put him in jail. They've tried all this stuff. It reminded me of the maniac of Gadara. And I said, why did they call him Madman Binky? And here's what he said. Brother Finley looked at us and said this. He's demon possessed. That was the first time that I ever had any kind of experience with somebody demon possessed. And it's true. It's real. Now, remember that. I mean, that goes back in the Bible. We see it in the Word of God. The maniac of Gadara. There's several times. But anyway, I remember he came one day to the, to the camp. And they told him he had to leave. He got mad and left. The next day, I'll never forget, he come walk and he had uh, like a towel over there and put over his arm. And he had his other one up in there with it like that, Brother Brian, and here he come. Brother Finley said, we better get all the kids and go inside. He was just a little bitty. I mean, he's probably about half the size of our church. We probably had 200, 250 kids out there from from the, the not necessarily the jungle, but it was like the jungle where we was at. And and we rounded them all up and herded them in. And as Madman Binky got closer, he went like that and he flipped that towel off and he had a machete. He was feeling that machete walking ass. Well, they had locked the doors to go inside. And I was still outside with Daddy and a few of the other men, and I was wanting there with Mama. <laughs> I wasn't interested in Madman Binky. I was interested in Mama. Uh, are you with me tonight? And I'll never forget, Brother Ramsey, those men stood up on that front porch. They told him, they said, you're not coming in here. You're not messing with these kids. You're not coming in here. And man, he was screaming. Those voices, plural, coming out of him. And I'll never forget, Brother Robert, they started quoting Revelations chapter 12, verse number 11. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. By the word of their testimony, they love not their lives even unto death. They overcame him by the blood. They overcame him by the blood. They overcame him by the blood. They started saying, "We claim the blood of Jesus over you. We claim the blood of Jesus over you, demons. We claim the blood of Christ. You can't do nothing with the blood of Christ." And I'll never forget that man just cringed and 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 and, and started walking backwards and and just got up in just about a ball and walked off that day. You know, let me tell you the way that they overcame the attack of Satan. It's through the blood of Christ, the Word of God. And when Christ, or when Satan comes against you personally, when Satan comes against our church, I try to pray before every one of our services. I try to pray and plead the blood of Christ over our services because Satan can't do nothing with the blood. So how do we respond to his internal and external attack? We plead the blood of Christ. If Satan's messing with your children, what do you do? You plead the blood of Christ. If Satan's messing with your home, what do you do? You plead the blood of Christ.